Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Pride of Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has 8 grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced, all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. We say it all the time. You know where to find us. Live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. So we come to you with another episode of the Pride of Detroit POD cast, which we haven't done this in a while. We need to remind you that POD cast, it stands for Pride of Detroit. POD, the first three letters, Pride of Detroit cast, podcast. It's the joke. It's not a great name to be marketed on, to be honest. It probably kills a lot of the ratings, but uh, it's what we have committed to now for over, what is this year? Year eight? Uh, strap in. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about in this show. We have news from the Combine Pressers. We have some more free agency to talk. And the big topic is a matter of Kool-Aid as the Honolulu wave gets uh, a little bit bigger. So as always, it's time once again for at least twice, three, four times a year where we lay out the panic of people noticing us. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter. I'm going to stop bloviating and welcome in Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you. Uh, and if uh, the name of our podcast is hurting our reviews, uh, you wouldn't be able to tell because we still are very much so the most reviewed Detroit Lions podcast. No, no, no. It doesn't hurt our reviews. If anything, I hurt our reviews <laughs> just by being here, seeing all the complaints. But <laughs> did yeah, you get that okay. out of your system? Yes, I did. What are you how am I supposed to respond to that? Fire me. I don't know. Um Ryan Matthews. Black is the mother rock guy. At Ryan underscore POD is not one of the complaints. He is the stir that straws the, the straw that stirs the drink. I appreciate that compliment. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, I like having you here, too. Thank you. <laughs> I try. That's I all try we can ask, it. man. I, I guess. 
Speaking of trying, we should try to get to the rest of this podcast at this point now that we've introduced everyone. The Lions are clearly trying this offseason. They are very true. They are very much so trying. Uh, and I, you know what? Let's start with a return. Let's not start with the bat with the uh, lost news then, since you teed me up so well. Let's talk about a return. It's been a minute since Jalen Reeves Mabin has been here, and this is part of the second week of free agency as JRM is back in Detroit. Jeremy, yeah, and I did not know that. Uh, I'm sorry, real quick side, but I did not know that Jalen Reeves Mabin is apparently a cousin of Cameron Mabin. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also a, if I'm not mistaken, a former volunteer. So we're we're bringing all the volunteers back uh, to Detroit. Um, Rocky Top. It's an interesting situation with with Jalen Reeves. I, mean, I think obviously the Lions have always valued him a lot. You know, he's he's been a big special teamer. He's had occasional moments on on defense, but mostly on special teams. And they they kind of treated him. I feel like they treated um, Jared Davis a couple of years ago. Right? They wanted to bring Jared Davis back. Um, he was a little too expensive on the market. So they let the market take care of itself. Jared Davis ends up getting cut one year into a two year deal and they bring him back. And then he kind of got outpriced himself again. That that's kind of the route that Jalen Reese Maven took last year. He, he signed a, a two year deal with the Texans. He got 5 million guaranteed right off the bat. Um, probably more than the lines were willing to spend on a special teamer. Um, and they thought they could upgrade with Chris board. So they let him go. What do you know? Texans cut him after a year, bring him back probably on a lot cheaper deal. We don't have the terms yet, but um, it, it's a nice one-to-one swap. It's it's them being smart in terms of money when it comes to special teamers, mainly special teamers. So it's nice to have him back. He's a good player. He can be a captain in that special teams room, and he helps kind of mitigate the the damage of, of losing a guy like Chris Board and another guy that they lost when we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah, I don't think you can say much more about the Jalen Reeves Maven swap because, like you said to Jeremy, it seems a pretty seems to be a pretty even one to one swap. You know, you 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 lose one special teams guy, you fill him with um, you fill his uh, his loss with another special teams guy. But the Lions lost another special teams guy, Chris. Oh, we're going to Josh Woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. go to Josh Woods. We're kind of building up. We're building up to the big one the Lions lost here, but. Um... So, yeah, so the Lions end up losing uh, Josh Woods, you know, to to the point. So the Cardinals end up signing him. We don't, I think, have all the details to what exactly they signed him for. But um, I can see Jeremy is kind of shaking his head a little bit. So like, what, what what's on your mind? I, I guess it, that this is kind of maybe the, the biggest surprise to me so far. Um, Josh Woods was a special teams captain. He was a, a very loud, very you know, rambunctious kind of guy, rah-rah type that that you want on special teams, especially special teams is like, you really got to get yourself amped up to do that since you, you only play a snap here and then you have to sit on the sidelines for a while. So Josh Woods was like that ultimate guy that like, as soon as his number was called, he's the first one out on the field. He's running back and forth in the field. Um, but but you you said it, like we don't know the contract terms yet. So maybe this is a similar situation to Jalen Reeves Maven where they just weren't willing to spend that much on a purely special teams guy. And and maybe with Josh Woods, it was, you know, I I don't see myself cracking the starting lineup. They they like Alex Anzalone, they like Malcolm Rodriguez, they like Derek Barnes. I I'm only a special teamer here. Let me change my scenery and and maybe get a shot at, at a starting linebacker job or a, a rotating linebacker job. We won't really know until all the contract details are out. But uh, color me a little bit surprised that that they didn't bring Josh Woods back because now. There, there is still now a, a special teams linebacker role that that is out there that the Lions don't have now. 
Yeah. And you know, that, that can be filled um, in a variety of ways, right, Jeremy? I mean, you could be looking at the lions, maybe day three, they take a guy, um, another developmental linebacker, maybe. Um, But I, I certainly probably see them filling this role through free agency, most likely maybe picking, picking up another player. Um, to to kind of fill the void because I, I think the first thing that a lot of people maybe assumed is when the Lions brought Jalen Reeves Maven back, a lot of the questions I got on Twitter were like, oh, like what does this mean for Josh Woods? I'm like, well, there, there's room for both of them yeah. on this roster for sure. And then not too long after that, like Josh Woods gets nabbed <laughs> up by the Cardinals. So um, it'll be interesting to see the the contract details and 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 maybe maybe he just is going to get a bigger role. In, yeah. in Arizona. So that, yeah. that could be in the cards for him as well. So, yeah, I'm not familiar with Arizona's linebacker situation, but if he could be like, I don't know, maybe they promise him like, Hey, you can get rotational play on, you know, on the defense, not just, you know, special teams for a lot of that. Yeah. Um, the, the main point though, is, is linebackers now a need, like it's, it's not a huge need, but you look at the guys that they have signed Anzalone, Rodriguez, Barnes, Jalen Reeves, Maven, Anthony Pittman, Julian Stanford. They they rolled six deep most of last year on the active roster, not just on the 53, on the game day active roster. They really only have five playable guys right now. So they're they're probably going to want to yeah. add at least two to to really compete and, and probably keep yeah, around I, one extra guy. I mean, you could always move James Houston back to linebacker, but I don't think they see his role in that in that way either. So right. Um, yeah, no, I even thought we talked about it, I think during a free agency recap, I mean, a free agent, one of our free agency podcasts, like it still feels like linebacker remains a, a big need for them in various ways. Uh, the lions did overhaul their, their defensive backs. We talked a lot about that last week with CJ Gardner Johnson, who I, I, I need people to stop doing CJ GJ just because I'm going to get in trouble at some point saying that way too fast. Um, Cameron Sutton and and Emmanuel Mosley all added, which kind of pushed out. I, I, th- I didn't think it would push him out completely, but I don't know how much of a loss is this for Lions considering where his career arc went. But Amani Warwarie was the third loss Lions, the third departure. I shouldn't say loss, but like departure the Lions had. And that's he joins the uh, New York Giants. Yeah, I mean, not not much surprise here, right, Ryan? Not a whole lot. I mean, I feel like if if you had eyes on 2022, if you watched him struggle versus Adam Thielen um, early, early on in the season, right? Like, I feel like the Amani Aruarie ship, um, it sailed a long time ago. And, you know, Giants fans are happy because they're watching a lot of 2021 tape. And, you know, I, I think everybody here except for Jeremy um, that includes you faithful listener uh, was, was in on Amani being a useful and a um, he had six an important piece. Yeah, for sure. It was, easy, it was easy to get caught up in it. It was. Um, it, apparently, it also was very easy for Amani to get caught up in penalties uh, <laughs> in 2022. So I, I, I think it, it's purely a reclamation project, but I feel like if, if somebody could do it, maybe it's going to be the giants. It's it's not a bad flyer to take. It's it's but it was clear it was not going to work out. I mean, he got benched twice in 2022 here in Detroit with how yeah. bad the cornerbacks were last year. You bring in all those three guys that Chris outlined. There's clearly no room for him. I just think it's fascinating to point out how quickly his fall was. And I mean, this is just a good example of the NFL in general. It's like one year you're 
thinking about extending this guy for multiple years for a, a pretty significant contract. The next year, he's off the team. He, and, and I looked at the, the contract details he got. One year for $1.1 million, And you want to know how much guaranteed there is there? 52500 You Jeez. You see undrafted rookies get bigger guarantees than, than Amani's got there. So there's no guarantee he sticks there. And it's just, it's crazy how quickly the narrative on a player can turn in, in this league. Very quickly. I don't need to bring up what NFL stands for, according to the old heads. Uh, let's talk about the biggest loss the Lions took. But again, I, and this is where I think our main conversation is going to come up, is that DJ Shark has has gone to the Panthers. One year, $5 million fully guaranteed. And I guess this kind of becomes our roundtable discussion. I'll kick it to Ryan first. How how big of a loss is this for the Lions? And how much do you factor in uh, that uh, under all intents and purposes, I think we kind of expected Jamison Williams just kind of slot in where he was. He, I mean, Shark still contributed very well to this team last year. It felt like he had hit a groove near the end. Yeah, as soon as DJ Shark overcame the the ankle stuff that, you know, landed him on an IR there for a bit, Jeremy, like when he came back, I thought he was one of the most important reasons why Detroit was successful on offense because of his big playability. Um, and I, I understand some people can see the loss of Shark and say, well, that can be a one to one because you're replacing him with Jamison Williams. I still think that the Lions have a need at wide receiver. I think losing Shark hurts. I think that I think that he goes to Carolina with the probably with the promise that he's going to get a lot more playing time, get a lot more targets, a lot more attention in that offense. Because this is a guy who, let's remind ourselves, he came to Detroit last year to earn himself a big contract. He again, his biggest thing that he had to overcome was durability. And that was the thing he couldn't quite eclipse. But when he's on the field, like DJ Shark is, a, he is a good wide receiver. He is somebody that you want in your room. He, you know, X, X receivers don't grow on trees, man. And it, it's a pretty thin line in the NFL, right, Jeremy? Like, you know, just some, something like injuries that can ding a guy up and really limit a player. That is ultimately what, what hurt Shark. And he's back in Carolina uh, admittedly getting a little bit of less money than he did last year in, in Detroit. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> it's, it's like, technically costing the lines more to pay DJ shark, or at least on their, you know, on their cap it this year than, than it will in, in Carolina. Exactly. Yeah. So, but you know, he, again, this guy probably made this decision because he is still at a point in his career where he can earn himself a big contract. Yep. And in order to do that, you need to have opportunities. And he probably just thought here in Detroit, there's, too many mouths to feed for a guy of his age. So what what did the Lions do, Jeremy, um, to try to replace DJ Shark? It's that's a good question. And you pretty much stole my entire thunder because I think a lot of people will look at at that DJ Shark contract, five million a year, and they they spread it out with four of your you know, void years. Like dude, the void years that <laughs> the void years that you put out there. I was they're, like, what? They're right, out of control. Nobody nobody that's, can be that's... concerned with what Holmes is doing. Like, look right. at what they're doing. Yeah, Carolina. Um, it's yeah. a ridiculous Jeez. contract. It'll. I think it's going to cost them less than two million this year, and then of course all of it comes crashing in the next year. So it'll be like three and a half million for them next year when he's not on the team. In in a similar way to really how the Lions treated, except obviously the the deal was ten million for the Lions, five million. I think it's a smart signing for the Panthers. You know, they're they're a team that's 
the Lions were in that same position last they, they year. They gave the up before. DJ Moore to Chicago. They absolutely need a guy like Shark if he can produce for because they're clearly going to have a rookie quarterback right. in there. And like the first thing that came up when DJ Moore got traded to Chicago was who's this rookie quarterback going to throw the ball to? Right. And now they they got him. Um, who else? They got someone else. Adam Thielen. Oh, they got Adam Thielen. The mm-hmm. previously mentioned Adam Thielen gets two mentions on this podcast. Good for him. Um, but but yeah, now so I, I think I think you're right. I think. I think even though he's going to be playing with a rookie quarterback, I think he's still going to have more opportunities there. He's only 27 years old. So this is an opportunity for him to really flash one more time to potentially get a big contract. Um, one last time, because we've seen wide receiver markets go crazy. Like if, if he gets a full season of what he, what I think he's capable of, he could be signing a 10 million a year contract next year. And I don't think that opportunity necessarily would have been, here in Detroit. So anyways, to get to your question, what you actually asked me, um, what do lines do? Um, I I'm with you. I, I think this is a need, um, not a huge need. I think they can get by if it's Josh Reynolds, if it's, you know, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameson Williams. That's not a bad one to four, right? That's decent. It's not, it's not, you know, star studded. It's not, you know, all Madden type players, but it's good. And, and the lines got by with, basically that last year and and we don't know what Jameson's capable of yet but like you said X's don't grow on trees um there's a couple trade market guys that that I like Marvin Jones Jr is a guy that that a lot of people are, are kind of oh, interested really in getting the band back. back together I mean that would be fun you bring back Jalen Reeves maybe and you bring back uh Marvin Graham. Jones Graham Glasgow. Graham yeah, Graham we're just, just getting doing it. yeah let's let's run it doing back. It, yeah I think um, it does I think it does bring up some questions as far as depth like once you get passes for you know, you got kicking around Tom Kennedy and Quintez Cephas, but that's really uh, the star, the star dimming very rapidly on Quintez Cephas at this point. Sure. But yeah, no, I think I, I'm with you. There's definitely room on the roster for one guy, more of a depth guy, but I don't think it comes from free from free agency, but there might be a few out there like you're mentioning with Marvin Jones. Well, I, I, let's address come, uh, two of maybe the most talked about trade rumor guys. Um mm. Because we talked about it a little bit on the Spotify Live, Ryan. DeAndre Hopkins would be a a a splash, right? He has two years left on his deal, massive contract, so it would cost a lot. You'd have to basically restructure an entirely new deal, which would be easy enough to do. Um, you you could definitely fit him on the roster with the way the Lions currently have a lot of cap space. Question is, is it worth it? Is it worth going out there and getting DeAndre Hopkins uh, for I don't know second or third round pick? It sounds like they're asking for in Houston. Um, I don't know. Or Arizona now, right? Yeah, Arizona. Sorry, yeah. Arizona. Yeah. I mean, you're behind. Well, also, uh, interestingly enough, right? Like the team that's sitting at three. Um, I don't know. I'm just saying things to say things, but I, I, <laughs> I, I, think I know, with, I know where you're going. I, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I think the DeAndre Hopkins, like you just said, Jeremy, you, you go through one through four for Detroit's roster, and you're not like blown your socks off. You know what I mean? Like, you're not completely, you're like, okay, good group. Could they be better? And I I don't know if the Lions can say, all right, we're going to get another guy who, I mean, this is a guy who should get like 130 targets in a season. You know what I mean? Like, you're talking about DeAndre Hopkins, a guy who is going to command the ball and want the ball and need it on offense. I mean, if they could find a way to make it work, if DeAndre Hopkins would want to come here, um, but it, it would be, I mean, he would just, it would, it would be, what would it be limiting? You know what I mean? Like DeAndre Hopkins comes here 
And is that, are, I mean, you're starting, your three starting wide receivers are Jameson Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Like, not bad. I, I mean, come on. That, that would be quite the show in Detroit for sure. Um, so I, if, if you'd be interested in coming here, I can't say that I would not want DeAndre Hopkins because I have viewed him for quite some time as, you know, being in that top five wide receiver conversation, like for, Absolutely. for quite a while. So. He's shown up on list cast quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm more worried about golf getting the ball deep to him at some point, but you know, speaking of quarterback, uh, wait, 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 wait. I'm not done. Oh, yeah, I want to talk more about shark. I want one more thing on. Chark. All right. One, all right. One more I'm thing on, on time, but go ahead. That's okay. Brandon. Ayuk is the other guy that feels like Ooh. there's been a lot of trade conversations about now. Uh, John Lynch did talk in front of the media today and, and say, we're going to give him the fifth year option on his contract. So that means he's going to have two more years. Um, and he said, and, and he, I think he publicly admitted that other teams have asked them about trading Brent for Brandon Ayuk, um, but indicated that their main interest is to keep him. It wasn't, we're not trading them though. It was, it was like, I think he's going to be around. We like him. Um, so I think some people took that as like, that's not a full commitment. And the, the situation over there in San Francisco is they're about to have to pay Diebel a lot of money. And so some people are wondering if they're not going to be able to afford that with Brandon Ayuk, who, like I said, his fifth year option will be next year. So maybe a cheaper option. You, you might have, you might have to trade a little bit more, but because he's younger and not on a massive deal, but a guy that's, that's had back-to-back 800 plus seasons. I think he crossed a thousand last year in six touchdowns. He's an X he's young. You'd stay young, but you, I think the problem you might run into is the same problem that the 49ers are trying to avoid, which is, you're going to have to pay Amon Ra almost at the exact same time as this guy. Yeah, I, I, I've i always liked Brandon Ayuk, and I think there's a lot. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to like his game, um, especially because he is pretty versatile. Like, he he can play outside. He can bump into the slot. Um, he, he mm-hmm. can moonlight there and, and do some things. And it seems like each and every year has been like a step up for the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, just a touchdown machine, too. Like, five in his rookie year, five, his, his sophomore year and his most recent season, he, he, you know, he has eight. eight. Um, yeah. The, the contract extension for Debo though, like, I mean, he signed the three year $71 million, $58 million guaranteed deal. Yeah. I mean, you look around at that San Francisco offense, like you have George Kittle, you have Christian McCaffrey. There's a lot of money that's being spent on skill position players. I mean, it's almost kind of harrowing look into where the lions might be. Right. Pretty soon. Like, I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown. You're going to have to pay. Um, and, and, and I mean, we still need, I mean, let's temper expectations for Jameson Williams, but if he is the guy who we think he is again, like you're, you're going to be in the same kind of boat that, that San Francisco is. But, um, before you're in that boat, you have that luxury of taking swings at guys. So like, that's why I'm not, I mean, I, they had the draft picks. If they want to be flexible, if they want to move a, move a pick or two and, and, and grab Deandre Hopkins or grab Brandon, Ayuk and, I mean, really push all their chips in. I do it. <laughs> Why not? Let's go. I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm genuinely curious how much Lions are going to be active in free agency because I'm just I'm I'm not sure like how much more there really is to tinker around here. The shark hole is big, but I mean, clearly they believe big on some of these guys like Lee Raymond. They were putting him in in uh 
like rotational in the wide receivers and giving him production. I don't think they see that as ideal, but clearly, clearly they they're getting him some use out there. So I'm, I don't know. It's exciting. I, th- I think everyone's just curious right now because they have all this this cap room. We we we're probably not going to get to it, but like the Vita, the Halapuli Vati Vita restructure, and 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 all these other pay cuts and things like they're right. creating cap room for this year. So everyone's like, okay, how will they fill it? Will they fill it with a DJ Chark? Will they fill it with a defensive tackle uh, replacement? And like, there's there's a lot going around, and people are just kind of waiting. Like, okay, what's Brad Holmes going to do next? Yeah, I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering that because at some point, like, we'll this isn't the, the place to talk quarterback either, but I don't think people appreciate how few years uh, Goff has on that contract. If that maybe gets restructured again in some way, but anyway, uh, what's not being restructured is righteous felon craft jerky. It is the same as it's always been, except with maybe new flavors. Someone told me apparently there's a Korean barbecue one. Called Soul, true. called Soul Survivor, which for some reason has a samurai in the front. I think there's an inside joke there, but um, I'll leave my history to the side. But uh, yes, Righteous Felon brings brings you the Pride of Detroit POD cast. It's the jerky that also fuels your Detroit Lions because it's available to Lions players at training facilities at Allen Park, which means Jalen Reeves Maven comes right back to Detroit. He's getting the Mar- the Maryland Monroe, which Jeremy is also holding, the crab spice. My favorite. The old, not quite, you can't call it Old Bay, but when I say Old Bay, people know exactly what you mean. Old Bay jerky. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Each bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein. Each stick has eight grams. It's good enough for the Lions. It's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, using locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef and prize themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. And guess what? We've got a promo code for you, too. We tell you this every week. We're going to bring it to you right again. POD15. What does that stand for, Ryan? Uh, That stands for the Pride of Detroit podcast is giving you 15% off your order. That's right. It's not pen 15 like Jeremy was trying to write earlier in our notes. It's po- it's POD. Different, entirely different podcast. Don't listen to that one. Okay, cool. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, POD 15, righteousfelon.com gets you 15% off your order at checkout. Once again, POD 15 at righteousfelon.com. When we come back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, it's time once again, I feel like we do this every quarter of the year, as the hype once again starts to wave and turns the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid wave into a tsunami. And I don't know if we survive that. It's a big one. We're going to be panicked about hype again. And we'll do it next in the Pride of Detroit PewDiePie cast. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Pride of Detroit POD cast, um, really got in the weeds in, in the break. I don't know if I, after that last conversation, I'm not even sure if I want to make a scraps because it got really dark, which is a good antidote for the amount of Kool-Aid we have to talk as always. Jeremy, I swear to God, this is like the third time I feel like we've done this this off season. I know where I'm, I'm letting out the magic. You're not supposed to let people know about past shows and topics we've done before, but I feel like every time we come back here, it's like, hey, the hype for the Lions is getting a little too unreal. It's getting yeah. a little too hard to manage. Well, it, it came in waves, right? Like like you said, after the season, it was pretty high. You, you beat the Packers. You're on an eight and two finish. The, meanwhile, the Vikings are on the downward spiral. The, the Packers are losing their quarterback. The Bears are still way behind everybody. And then free agency comes and most people are fans of what the Lions did. You know, they obviously revamped the cornerback room. They retain a bunch of their players. A lot of people, I mean, and then, I mean, you can go through last week specifically, everyone just seemed to like jump on the Lions bandwagon, right? There was, there was Rich Eisen who went on his podcast and said, I'm on the Lions bandwagon. They're going to host a playoff game this year, which isn't as bold as I think he thinks it is, by the way, considering they're major favorites to win the NFC North. Uh, mean, yeah, it's not like they're going to be a wild card. So right. very easily for them to, to do that. Yes. Right. <clears throat> but Mina Kimes, who's, who's, Support been doing it for a few years, sure. Yeah, go back a couple of years. Kay Adams, Kyle Brandt, um, Kay Adams, formerly of Monday or uh, Good Morning Football. Kyle Brandt, currently of Good Morning Football, all came out showering the lines with praise, and it is uncomfortable. <laughs> well, it's not just that too. The Lions right now, uh, I believe, have the eighth highest odds to uh, win the Super Bowl right now. Eighth. At now, granted, it's a long eighth at I believe uh, plus twenty five hundred, but it is still eighth. It puts them behind the Chiefs, 49ers, Bills, Eagles, Bengals, Jets, Cowboys. Which the Jets one's very funny for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I agree. Very but silly. pair that up, Ryan, with the win total now probably being set at uh, nine is. and a half. Yeah. And the first time since 92, the Lions have the highest win total in the NFC North. The Packers, a whole win behind them and the Bears. I mean, the Vikings, a win behind them and the Packers and Bears at seven and a half. So uh, I turn it to our gambling expert here. How much of this is the hype? How much of this is real? And I might as well say it, are the Lions dangerously getting close to being that public team that you always hear about. This weekend proved they are the public team. Um, 
that line opened at nine and a half. Um, as you mentioned, it's still at nine and a half, but the, the line, the line was posted at minus 120. Right now it's minus 150. <laughs> which means it's really gone which, like like and for those who don't know how how the betting sides work minus 120 is you bet like a dollar 120 to win a hundred right it's up to a minus 150 so that's like is that three to that's th- three to two odds uh, math you're asking me to yeah, do i i'm sorry i forget how to do the fractional you basically but, you have to pay 30 dollars more to win the same amount now Yes. Right. And and from when it opened this past weekend. Yeah. A couple days ago. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's a 25 percent jump. Yeah. Yeah. I've done. I, yeah. So and, and here's the thing I'll tell you is that like it's not going to get much higher um, or the odds aren't going to, uh, you know, they're not going to go further. It, they're going to move up to ten and a half. It's going to move up to ten and a half and it's going to happen relatively soon. Now, the the interesting thing is that when those win totals were posted, uh, there were six teams that had higher win totals than the Detroit Lions. Um, a lot of teams that you would suspect. Um, but like to say that there were only six teams with a with a higher win total posted than the Lions. It's crazy. This it's... is very unfamiliar territory, Jeremy. Well, yeah, as, well, and we haven't even hit the draft yet. I mean, the Lions <laughs> picking six in the draft and in a top loaded draft. That number could keep going up, Jeremy. Yeah. And to me, the, the the most salient thing is what you just said a little bit ago, Chris, is that this is the first time since 1992 that 30, the Lions 31 have... 31 years. Yeah, the last time they won the division, the last time they won a playoff game. And so that, to me, shows that this isn't... Because like I feel like every year you have one or two suckers, right, that, that buy in on the Lions, and they're like, you know, if you look at it this way, if everything goes right, if it looks like they're doing it... That, Last year felt guy. like that. Last year felt a little like bit. that. Right. Like, well, like I felt like people were jumping on the Lions a little too early. They saw their promise. Right. And we saw the promise. I just don't think we believed at the time that translated immediately into surefire playoffs. Right. But now this this is as real as it's gotten as a Lions fan in most Lions fans that at least listen to us their entire lifetime. Like that's that's what we're talking about right now. Like I people mean, who are 30 and younger are experiencing something they never have before, which is optimism. This team can not only win the division, but compete for a Super Bowl today. It's, today. It's just, it just seems very, it just seems very funny, Ryan, because like Ryan, Jeremy, because like this is a team that during the Stafford years made the playoffs three times under two different coaches. And like, it, it feels like those teams hope wise even 2014 when they had the phenomenal defense have nothing on what this team is uh three years after a complete rebuild 100 like this isn't recency bias right like we're not just like prisoners of the moment right now talking about like how big of a deal this is historically for a team that has been arguably one of the worst franchises in professional sports um over the past 30 years there has not been this sense of unbridled optimism with this football team in my lifetime. Not I was even born in 2014. 19, I, I was born in 1991. I was born the same year that the Lions last had a division winning season and hosted a playoff game. And I mean, I, I, I think some of the, the calculus here, though, is 
getting out of the shadow of the the Packers, right? It's it's getting out from underneath Brett Favre and underneath Aaron Rodgers and underneath mm-hmm. whoever has been dominating this division in the past 30 years. And not just not just the Packers too, because usually when you would say the Packers have a down years, people are going to say, oh, that means the Bears are going to come up and right. regain some of their 80s glory. And no, 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 no. Like I think part of it is people recognize that the Lions are the only team in the NFC North that seem to have their pants on straight right now. Uh, so, so I would I would agree with that, Chris. But like the Bears are surprisingly getting a lot of good rub for what they're doing this offseason. Like with with trading the pick and they're yeah, doing they're, well. They're, yes, they're, there's questions about okay, like how are you valuing positions and and spending money and things like that. But like Football Outsiders, like they came out with their uh, free agency like report cards and they had them as the number one team in the division um, as far as you know best offseason so far. So. Here's the thing I find interesting, though, to to your point, Jeremy, is like there is something to that about getting out of that shadow. But I don't think Rodgers could he could play for the Packers this year and it wouldn't matter. I I think their win total would be higher because there's I I think seven and a half is actually a little bit too low for the Packers. I think I think people are underselling them a little bit because they didn't play so well with quarterback. I mean, because they didn't have great quarterback play last year and they still we're on the doorstep of the, of the playoffs, right? Um, they're still competitive. They still won what eight games or was it nine, eight, right? Either way, they're right in that level. So, but to bring it back to lines, to bring it like, I don't, I don't want to say like the lines have not earned this on their own merit because they have, right. It's not only that they finished eight and two. It's not only that they won nine games last year. So of course they should expect to win more now that they've been more active in free agency and they'll have two first round picks and two second round picks, but they're also a very young team who though. This is the thing that I think people on the outside don't realize. They look at last year's team. They say, wow, they had a really good offense. They had a really bad defense. If they can just get that defense a little bit better, they're going to be fine. What they don't realize is that, half the reason they went eight and two down that stretch is because the defense already got better. And the reason it got better, they essentially had four huge contributors as rookies in Kirby Joseph and Malcolm Rodriguez and Nate Hutchinson in uh, James Houston, right? All these four, and they're just going to get better. They're just going to continue to get better. And and they have a couple guys from the, the previous year's draft and, and Derek Barnes and Aline McNeil, and then they're going to add some more. And so this is a team that, is they hit their stride last year because the young people started to finally catch on. Well, now those young guys are going to hit the ground running next year. And, and listen, trajectory is not always up. You know, second year players don't always take the year to jump. Sometimes they stay stagnant. Sometimes they go down. There's no guarantee that they're going to be better, but I don't think you can look at the way this team, I mean, and we're not just talking about they were eight and two down the stretch. Like you look at advanced metrics, you look at EPA, you look at football outsiders, DVOA. This was a top five team in the second half of the season. In the NFL, top five. So I think the big thing, I I, I think the big thing is that looking at the reactions to it, and I think this is where the, the sea change kind of comes to is how much do the fans themselves buy it? And it sounds like a lot of them are really buying into it. I, I, I would one of the producers I used to work with was a was a Bills guy. And every even when the Bills were doing phenomenally well, it was always a lot of please don't talk about the Bills. You're going to jinx it. You just it's it's this uh 
what's I, I, my, my brain is is flaking on kind of the folklore kind of reference I want to make, but it's like, please don't look at it. If you look at it, it'll, it'll lose the magic and fly away. And I don't think Lions fan. I think there's probably some who are probably still a little damaged from all these years. They're going to act like that. But at the same time, I think it's been going on enough. And this thing has been backed up by enough good play that that fans, at least now, are starting to embrace it, that they're embracing that you can have fun with this team. You can you can embrace this team. You don't need to worry about what could go wrong. Now, to your point, Jeremy, things could go wrong. And we've seen it go wrong. Like it, last year was again very, very instructive to that. Like this was a team with all the all the hope in the world, and they came out flat to start the season, and it ended up as good as the second half was. There's struggles to actually put wins on the board, torpedoed a season that could have easily been a playoff season. It, and, just, and I th- yeah, yeah I, I think that's an interesting point, Chris, because there was that little wave of optimism that the Lions rode in on from 2021, right? Like mm-hmm. um three finish, right? Right. The the Packers the, we, game changed, I think, the whole the whole mood completely too. But yeah, I mean, also like getting off the snide and actually winning a football game, um, <laughs> right. you know, that late in the season when they finally beat the Vikings. But oh, you're talking about 20. Yeah, yeah. The year. Pri- yeah. OK, OK. I yeah. My ears yeah. Up again. But but they had that fun win that they uh, that's why I thought you were talking about was the Packers game that they won where they, yeah. you know, t- Tom Kennedy had the, you know. Oh, no, I was talking about yard like, touchdown pass. Yeah. 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 To to now, though, I think it means a huge difference. The Packers. I mean, the Lions ended 2022 also by beating the Packers in Lambeau and denying them a playoff. And like we can, you know, I know this is a line from Packers fans like, oh, you're acting like it's your Super Bowl. I'm like, it kind of was important to us. It kind of yeah. was. Yeah, it was very important. Um, the, the point I wanted to make, though, was uh, to Jeremy's point about the contributions from the rookies last year and even like Josh Pascal. Cause you know, he, he misses time and um, that's another guy who like, okay, now you're going to have an off season of, of training, um, yep. not of rehabbing, you know, yep. uh, which I think is an important distinction. So the, the, the thing I wanted to say was you had that slow start last season in 2022, but you're talking about how these defensive rookies, they really hit their stride and, and, you know, Aiden Hutchinson did not hit a rookie wall. He got better. And that is that is a huge explanation for why that Lions defense, you know, you're talking about all guys on the defensive side of the ball when you're talking about those rookies that made an impact. And where did they improve, Jeremy? They improved defensively and all of a sudden their record takes off. Right. It's the Dan Campbell, you know, it's the Dan Campbell gif of him and and the plane's just starting. Right. So uh, the last thing I want to say about this is that it is incredibly funny to me that the Minnesota Vikings have a lower win total projection than they did in 2022, uh, which their yeah, their win total was nine wins. and a half. They won, they won 13 games, 13, yeah. excuse me. They, they won 13 games last year and mm-hmm. it goes down. I, I want to, I want to do what I do and I want to wet blanket it a little bit here. And, and this is more like playing de- devil's advocate. Like let's talk. We, we talked about things could go wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and, this isn't a perfect team, right? They, things aren't laid out extremely perfectly where like, there's no doubt this team is going to be winning 12 and 13 games next year. Like I don't want to give ourselves on the pad in the back yet. So let's talk. I, I want to discuss things that, that can go wrong. And the thing I want to talk about, first of all, is how difficult a step it is to go from a mediocre to good team to a great team. 
that is not a step that is very common. That is not an easy step. And it's even harder to maintain that step, right? I think and that so, comes with the name of being great in the NFL. Great means you're going to be doing it year in and year out, like what the Chiefs right. are doing right now. Right. Like, you know, the bill the Bills have been very good for a couple of years, but I think there's questions this year is like, can that keep up or were they just in the moment great? Like, I, again, to your point, like the Chargers, I think, are a good team. Right. Nobody's going to stop and say they're a great team and they're going right. to keep killing them because the Chargers keep doing things that we associate with the Chargers to Charger and like screw things up. Sure. I I just I think there's this NFL middle class that includes like 20 teams. And and your record as a middle class NFL team can be anywhere from six and eleven to twelve and twelve and five. Right. And these are teams that like sometimes get into the playoffs, but I mean, I would even call the Miami Dolphins part of that middle class. Yes. They've had a very long playoff drought. Yes. They they 100%. have been they have been to the playoffs like like the Lions have been to the playoffs more recently than the Dolphins. And and I'm just the Lions have now entered the middle class. They they have not been there in several years. And so to say, all right, they're out. Like they're already in the elite team. It's taking a leap of faith there. I, I agree with everything I just said, though. Like, this team is is trending in the right direction. They're building the right way. They got young, awesome talent. They're, they're, but, but there has to be a little bit of proof in the pudding that they are that elite team. Because the one thing that they didn't do consistently last year during that 8-2 and two run was beat great teams, right? Yes. They, they, they came close against the Bills. They, they beat the Jackson, like the Jacksonville Jaguars was kind of their best resume. But to be in that elite class where we're talking about Super Bowl odds, where we're talking about winning playoff games and NFC championship games, you have to prove you can beat that upper elite tier class. And the Lions haven't done that yet. Yeah, they came close against the Eagles to start the year too. Like stuff like that. I think there is something behind the hype. And to your point, I think people are overselling it a bit, but I think that's just by contrast because I think the Lions were part of that middle class in like the 2010s when it was making the playoffs with with Caldwell having that great defense. But I think the difference is that I think why all the hype is on it right now, why we have dismissed those the the, the teens, the year the the teen years was because of Matt Patricia, was because of this ineffable darkness that challenged basically everything we had in the 2000s. Like Owen oh, 16 is funny. It's a funny thing, haha, like people remember it, but the amount of I, I think it's that the Lions turned it around from someone as awful at his job and combative at his job as a Matt Patricia to here's Dan Campbell. And wow, not only is it just a feel good story, because, I mean, we've had that before. We had kind of the silly guy with um well, I forget his name, but he was like, I think, with the uh, 49ers for like a hot second. Mooch. It was Mooch or Rod Marinelli. Was also no, kind of no, no. This was this was this was someone completely different. He sounded like a damn janitor. I forget. I really wish I forget forget his name. And someone's outside my blo- outside my window blowing leaves right now. So it's really killing my uh, my uh, attention completely now. But my my point is that it wasn't just kind of a weird like goof. Hey, haha! It's like kind of like Ted Lasso. Suddenly, it's like oh, they're making a lot of good picks now. They're making a lot of good free agent moves now. Like it's combining those two things, but you need that darkness to set it up as well. Narratively, you need this, like, not just that they've been a long suffering team. I, Ryan, you, you mentioned since like the nineties, take it back even farther because like the eighties and seventies, 
and even the 60s was a whole lot of damn nothing for the Lions. But this 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 hopelessness was a lot more recent. We're just talking about four years ago, four years ago. Yeah, that, but that changes everything for the narrative. Yeah, you you have a regime that wants to instill a level of sustainability that this franchise hasn't had maybe ever. Um, and and that's to Jeremy's point. Like that upper class of NFL team is reserved for those who for the most part, year in and year out, are a competitive football team. And if they're not, then something really went sideways that was out of their control. So I think to your original point, Jeremy, like the stuff that could go sideways for this football team is what uh, is what can even render those elite teams as, as missing the playoffs and it's injuries, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. injuries are, are really the one thing that can do in any team. Um, and they're random and they suck. And that's pretty much the only thing though, that I think that's going to prevent the Detroit lions from hosting a playoff game in, yeah. in 2023. Right. I mean, like very simply. And, and this is going to be a great segue. Chris will pay attention. What if Jared Goff gets injured? Well, the lions have their QB two, and we didn't get to this earlier. So Jeremy teed me up for this. Uh, Nate Sudfeld is back. And I've seen some people worry about this a little bit. I think this was, and we I, we talked about this off air last week, about how quickly some quarterbacks had just kind of QB2s had flying off the board. And I don't think this was their first option. And by the same time, if it wasn't their first option, they certainly didn't move fast to any of their first options because the time they signed Nate Sudfeld, nearly all of the other QB2s that people were really talking themselves into were already completely gone. So lines go back to the familiar name. And I guess this, this, I, I guess I'll pitch it back to you, Jeremy. I, I'm just wondering how much this really means. I know this has probably got you worried about the backup quarterback position, which is not something we should really be worrying about, but people worry about, and we've kind of laid out the reasons in the past as to why to worry about it, especially since you need to keep the ship right. If Jared Goff misses any time, but I'm I'm more worried. I'm more concerned about what this means as far as like a larger situation, as far as do the Lions maybe pick up a third quarterback in the draft, even if it's not. I'm not saying round one. I'm not saying Anthony Richardson, but maybe they pick up someone later and Sudfeld is just kind of there holding it. Or if they do see Sudfeld as their solution to quarterback, two. Well, I, I think a lot of a lot of Lions fans felt a little betrayed when this news happened because Brad Holmes comes out during the NFL combine is like, Hey, screwed up the backup quarterback position. We're not going to do it again. Like we're going to, we're going to be very focused. We're going to add competition to that room. And then he didn't. (laughs) Um, And, and listen, I'm not going to sit here and say, I want, I want to wait everything out. Right. Because I'm almost positive. The lines are going to take a quarterback in the draft. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be day one, but I think it could be literally any time after that. And but it's like, do you want a round two to seven guy be your primary backup for a year in which you expect to contend for the division, for the conference, maybe for a Super Bowl? Probably not. Um, there's still some names out there. There's really only one, in my opinion. It's Teddy Bridgewater. Because yeah, maybe. the other guys you're talking about are the likes of Mason Rudolph, Carson Wentz, Blaine Gabbert, 
John Wolford, maybe like maybe you you reunite John. Wolford I don't even and, think and Jared Carson Goff. Wentz. I don't even think Carson Wentz is ready to accept that he is a backup quarterback at this position at this time. Maybe either. and maybe Matt Ryan is in that category too. Of of like maybe if he still wants backup, to play, if he still wants to play. But that, I mean, like I'm looking at the comment. Like everyone says, people, people like this is gross. This is a gross list of quarterbacks, and so I think there's enough reason to be at least a little bit disappointed here that. And and maybe you're right, like maybe this wasn't their first choice. Maybe they were in on some other guys and didn't get them. But it's, it, I mean, I'm a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not going to like tear the whole roof down and say, what the hell is Brad Holmes doing? He promised me a backup quarterback and he didn't get me one. Like, okay, it's fine. It's not, it's not the end of the world. I wish he would have invested more. I hope that they still do. I'll wait until, you know, June to, to really give an opinion, like a full opinion on this, but I would say like this is mildly disappointing news and and definitely more credence to the fact that they're going to draft a quarterback at some point. It's so typical for somebody to be saying all that stuff, Jeremy, when we know that in training camp, you're going to be talking about how the backup quarterbacks look so good. Um, it's just, just your MO. How dare you? (laughs) I, I I'm with you. I I think that like the Sudfeld thing is such a nothing burger. Like, it's just like, it's a familiar body. Who's going to be in camp. And I would not be shocked whatsoever. If Nate Sudfeld isn't a part of the Detroit lions roster in 2023. Um, I, I do, I do think that if, if the draft, if if the Lions go through the draft and they don't pick somebody, now I'm now now can I trust Brad Holmes anymore? Because he said that he was going to do something about the backup quarterback position. And if he goes through the entire draft and does not take a quarterback, then I'm starting to really be concerned with Brad Holmes' ability to evaluate quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately. That, I mean, and that's kind of been the one question mark, right? Like a, a lot of people who don't like Jared Goff said he's got a black or a, a, a blind spot at quarterback, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He drafted Jared Goff, who they don't like. They, they obviously haven't found a, an acceptable backup here in Detroit in the past two years. They haven't drafted a quarterback in two years. I'm, I'm not I'm not ready. To, I, I can't. I don't really necessarily believe that someone can be such a good evaluator of every other position and just like. I don't know what I'm doing with quarterback. It's so confusing. Like, I don't, I don't think that's the most important position. It's I I would hope you're good at it. The hardest position to get right. It is the hardest position to get right. That is, that is worth pointing out. Um, But it's not even swing is kind of, yeah. I just think like, I'm I'm not happy with just resigning Nate Sudfield, but that's not necessarily what they're going to do. So let's, you can be disappointed that they didn't go get any of these other guys who, who are more than capable of being a backup quarterback. But this is a situation where, like, all right, like, grip your shirt, grip your, grip your, your arm. Don't rip your shirt a little bit. Don't rip your just, shirt. Just grip it for a little bit, and and you know, squeeze your stress ball if you have to. But let's just wait this one out and see what it looks like when they actually take the field, even at mini camp. Like, let's, let's can we wait till mini camp before we yeah. do a final judgment on the backup quarterback situation? Sure. I, I I I need to put in my baseball analogy, Chris. I know <laughs> I know you want to get out of here, but here's what happened. Okay, with Nate Nate Sudfeld. The team was pitching a no-hitter, and Brad Holmes signing Nate Sudfeld is him going up to the plate and trying to break it up with a bunt. Um, because, like, you just got to get on the board, right? So ju- just getting on the board will help your team feel better. But here's the thing. they If they go get Teddy Bridgewater, 
to me, that's like hitting a double. Like you get a guy who, you know what, if, if Jared Goff does get hurt, I don't, I don't feel like I'm throwing in the towel. Nate Sudfeld is throwing in the towel, um, which is why I don't think that he's going to be your backup quarterback in, in 2023. It's going to be well, somebody else. Well, I was wrapping up because I I do know that people have asked to like we we keep saying that these are going to be shorter two segment podcasts and they keep getting longer. But I also wanted to note that I did remember the name of the guy I was thinking of. I was thinking of Jim Tom Sula. And that's way it. back. Was it really that far back for Jim Tom Sula? Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Not a Lions thing. Anyway, that's going to do it for on that very awkward note. That's going to do it for the Lions podcast for the Lions POD cast. And we're going to get on out of here. Uh, what we got this week, we've got another first bite coming your way with a old frenemy. Potentially. Yes. On the podcast. No, no, feed, yeah. Yes. Yes. On the podcast yes. feed. Yes. There will be a first bite with one of our oldest frenemies who will be there. Um, I'm fascinated because Ryan always, uh, always squares up with him and uh, mailbag coming later, I believe on Twitch. That's with right. Eric, midweek mailbag Wednesdays at twelve thirty p.m. Eastern, which mm-hmm. TV slash Pride Detroit. That's right, and I think that's it to let us let you know for now. Strap in because we're getting into the draft part of the season. Oh God! Uh, as always, we'll see you star side. <laughs>